Let's go further in then, shall we? Tell me why I did it. Every dream falling apart. Tell me why I did it after the promise. Still I can, still I can. Oh, baby, I need your love. Looking so different, clearing street lights. Heartbeat, heartbeat, it keeps on pounding. Heartbreak, heartbreak, you tell me goodbye. Heartbeat, heartbeat, it keeps on pounding. Heartbreak, heartbreak, you tell me goodbye. I really just enjoy Yukiko's social link. Well, not just because she, I feel like, is a pretty delightful character. I mean, I just enjoy I enjoy her being part of the group and what she adds to it. Mm-hmm. But like her, her sort of story with the main character is a nice bit of, I think, narrative symmetry. And they fit together quite well. Her story and the main character's kind of story dovetail in some in some nice ways. When you come to the city or sorry the town the small town of inaba from the city yukiko is one of the first i team social links that you can get and if you start it she kind of begins her arc not liking inaba too much or at least at least wanting to leave she wants to leave because she feels trapped she feels pressure to succeed at the family business which is running the local inn. It's a historic inn, I think, uh, a bit as well. It's at least attracts some tourism, the Amagi Inn. So she begins, uh, again, in this way of, well, I'm getting out of Inaba. I'm going to study. I'm going to take some courses. I'm going to read these uh, job books to figure out how I can get work away from here because I want to be doing anything other than inheriting this family business. Too much pressure. I feel trapped here. Her shadow is all about wanting Prince Charming to come sweep her off her feet and take her away. Just before we go any further, I am so mad that at no point during Yukio's dungeon does Teddy make a Mario reference. It was so easy (laughs) for him to say, well, I guess our princess isn't in another castle after all. And then Yosuke hey. could, and then and then like Yosuke could have just hit him and like not now, stupid bear. So she advances from that, from w- waiting for someone to come take her away. To well, I'm going to actively do this myself, and I think it's pretty easy to imagine. And you you don't get this because, as you said, the main character is a cipher. It's easy to imagine the main character also having a relationship with Inaba, which is. Boy, I can't wait for this year to be over. Woo! Get out of here. This is a ah. tiny-ass town. <laughs> Nothing to do. I mean, it's nice that I met these cool people. We've known each other for, like, four weeks, but I'm ready to go home. I, I need to bring that up when we get to the anime adaptation, because that's when they flesh him out into a full character. and that Very good. And that aspect does come up. But as you go along with her link, and as you go along with the main story, finding other characters, developing other relationships, interacting with people in the town. It's pretty easy for for you to kind of fall in love with Inaba. 
and the people there, you know, and you're experiencing it for the first time, uh, just like the main character is. And as Yukiko's arc goes along, she slowly begins to realize with his help, right, with, with the help of the main character and through his eyes, which again are seeing this for the first time, that Inaba's pretty special. That what she has here, the people, uh, her job, the inn, um, the relationships, the the kind of the town itself and the ethos of it, the history, it, it's all special to her. And she ends up wanting to remain because she loves it and loves the people just how by the end of this game, you want nothing more than for the main character to remain because you love this town and you love these people. Mm-hmm. And I just love that those two characters kind of help each other discover that. Yes. It's also worth noting that Yukiko's initial position of I want out is exactly the same position that Adachi has, but she grows beyond that. Adachi has ended up in this town much in the same way as the main character has, but he doesn't, you know, take advantage of the opportunities that are there before him. And going back to Yukiko, that's a thing that Persona 4 also teaches us, is that, you know, you might think as a kid or even as an adult, I'm bored. There's nothing to do here. This place is shite. <laughs> I hate it. And granted, nowhere in the world does actually have, you know, a murder mystery going on which you can leap through TVs to summon your inner self to fight Hulk Hogan monsters. But it does have things that you can do and people you can meet if you just reach out. And it asks you to embrace the opportunities that are in front of you. That is the main reason I think that I love her arc. Her as a character, I mean, I think she's a wonderful character, again. You would normally think that the characters of this of these kind of games would be stereotypes, like purely, or archetypes even. Like, someone's the nerd, someone's the jock, etc. But even with Yukiko, who is a bookworm through and through, she's also got that kind of bookwormishness where she's a bit dense at times. She, I would argue, actually gets the least amount of, you know, credible insights into the investigation that's going on. And she also has a really funny running gag with Yosuke where you'd think that she would be pro and proper, but every time Yosuke says something like, and to be fair to Yosuke, this is not him saying innuendo. He says, I need some help with my homework. Can I have a private session with you? He means that legitimately. She hits him because yes. she thinks he's being rude. But She's very guarded. <laughs> but that's that's not what you expect from her. She's the one who's, you know, got the dirty mind there thinking that's what he means when he's being legitimate. Mm-hmm. That It's a really, it's a nice touch. Like, I, I, yeah, there are there are a handful of things about her that can take you off guard if you're expecting her to be uh, an archetype. Like, it's funny, I didn't read her as bookworm first, even though she's top of the class smart. Like, I read her as sort of like, sort of the perfect type A girl in the class. Like, you know, unbelievably beautiful and unbelievably book smart has top grades doesn't have uh, a boyfriend because she shoots down everyone she's the untouchable beauty so of course your character is going to roll up in there and sweep her off her feet naturally of Um, course yes (laughs) but like it's funny that someone who is seen as like the epitome of grace has a laugh that bothers people (laughs) (laughs) because it's so loud and obnoxious which i find like adorable and just really cute and she can't cook again even though she's meant to be seen as an inn manager and again someone who is very graceful but terrible cook she learns to cook though by the end of it she learned uh-huh. again yeah. an element of self-sufficiency she's not cooking because 
you know, it's for the in or anything. It's because she wants to better herself. It's one of the things she wants to do to make herself better. I mean, I'll speak for myself here. I used to never be able to cook anything. I was strictly frozen meals up until I was like 25. And learning to cook even basic meals for myself has become such a joy. I've, it's <laughs> something I feel genuinely proud of, even if I'm not like, you know, master chef or anything like that. Um, I mean, I would be put between two slices of bread and called an idiot sandwich by Gordon Ramsay. But I will take my progress. I think it's been good. Uh, and so I see that with her. Uh, we need to also um, discuss some other things. Uh, there are two other things I want to discuss about Yuko, which is I firstly want to bring up her in the adaptation, um, in the anime, that is. The scoring. I'm sorry. Hmm? <laughs> Stupid scoring joke. <laughs> it's amazing. Oh, is this scoring a hot stud? And, like, it just infuriates Yukiko. Like, later in the game, she's just like, can we just please stop talking about scoring? Yes. <laughs> and uh, everyone else is just kind of letting it be, but it it gets to her. And I I just, I think it's great. So, um, the anime. I would argue, um, uh, by the way, Doc has not seen the anime here, which is why I'm leading in on this that's true. Uh, quite heavily. Uh, and I'm referring to the first anime adaptation, which was in 2012, around the time Golden came out. Not the golden anime, which we don't talk about, because in my opinion, that was a complete waste of time. But anyway, in the anime, Yukiko's episode, episode four, is the best episode of the show by a country mile. Because it's got some wonderful, lovely little touches and changes. Some people might think they're on nose, but I think they serve to enhance her story and to have some really nice metaphors um, and meanings to so to give you some backstory, in the game, Yukiko's shadow, when it transforms into a monster, becomes a bird in a bird cage. There's no real explanation in the game for why the bird is a thing other than traps in a bird cage. That's it. That's the metaphor there, and you know, traps in a cage. Could have been a tiger. It didn't need to necessarily be a bird. I mean, t- birds can fly away, but you know, tigers break out. You get but you get my point. However, in the anime, they actually get a little bit of backstory in for it, where it turns out Yukio did rescue an actual bird um, and re- nurtured it back to health. A red-breasted bird, much like the one that she turns into. And this is cut with like flashbacks of her doing time at the inn while she's feeding and looking after the bird. And then one day the bird, because she accidentally left the birdcage open, flew away. And that made her feel awful because she was jealous of the bird being able to do that so easily while she struggled to, you know make any progress towards breaking out of her own, out of this rut she's in. And there's a number of really nice things about this. First off, the flashbacks to her time in the inn, which we don't see in the game, by the way. All of it's purely told to us by her speaking about it, which is fine. That's fine for the game. That's not a criticism of the game. That's just... This is, at them, this is adaptation. It's fine. It's where it's taking what we've been told in the original material and expanding on it. All the flashbacks at the inn are very plain and matter-of-fact. No one treats her badly. She's just doing the jobs there. The worst that happens is that while she's serving alcohol to some guys, uh, one of the guys falls over on from his seat. That's it. Otherwise, it's her vacuuming, getting to and from work in a rush to tell Ichie she can't hang out with her because she's busy. But none of it's truly burdensome. We, as the audience, get a very reasonable and accurate portrayal of how her life really is relative to what she thinks it is. And I really like that. And there's another really nice small touch here. As often happens in the anime, um, what happens is rather than the the battle going linearly, the shadows are usually weakened by the person being told something by the characters who are there. Chie, like, you know, has a bit of an inner monologue where she feels trapped and then, like, 
you intervenes and says, no, that's not true, etc. And that weakens the shadow and leaves open for the killing blow. In Yukiko's case, Chie outright confesses, you know, how jealous she's been of her. Explains everything. And this gives Yukiko fresh insight. And she realizes that she was never trapped forcibly uh, as a prisoner. She was stuck here because she felt that way, but it wasn't true. And what happens to weaken her shadow is that she's trapped in a cage, much like the birdcage. She actually breaks the cage with her hands mm. and that weakens the shadow. And I really like this because the, the cage itself is a part of her shadow in the anime. And it therefore is inferred that the cage is a cage of her own making. And it's communicated visually that she then breaks that and leaves it vulnerable. And I thought, what a wonderful small touch here to help enhance the actual character drama, visually communicating a, sm- a subtle but welcome hint about the true nature of this sense of entrapment that she feels and that she's the one who then breaks out of it just simply by pushing it out of the way. I was so impressed with this little change in. This is why I think the anime in general, while I don't think it's the best anime I've ever seen, I think it's a gold standard of adaptation, how you can enhance existing material without taking away from its core message or going too hard in on it either. The other thing I want to mention is Yukio's relationship to Chie. Chie's whole character arc for the early parts is that she's jealous of Yukiko and wants to, you know, basically try and work out of that and become more self-reliant. She loved the fact that Yukiko was dependent on her. Yeah. Now, after Yukiko's dungeon, those two have, like, a talk. But annoyingly, this talk happens off-screen, and I was a bit... I mean, okay, yeah, I, I know, maybe we can't spend too long on the melodrama. Doesn't some of it happen on screen right after? Don't doesn't Chie speak to Yukiko? Very briefly, but the longer the longer, like, you know, more drawn out examination happens in the ether. The thing is to me, sometimes like the game can feel like it's strictly the characters orbiting the main character as opposed to meshing with each other, like I said before and now so. Yeah, we had talked about that, right? And right. that's what and that's what it feels like here. But one small gameplay touch that I really like that helps tell us about their personalities. Um, in Persona, as you're probably aware because you must have played it if you're still listening to this, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. there are elemental attacks. Uh, the four main ones are fire... What? What? Get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> the, the four main elements are fire, ice, lightning, and wind. In some way, these are actually tied into personality types for characters. I mean, mm-hmm. when you meet Chie, she's the one who's all fiery and brash and passionate. She gets really, you know, energetic about things and like, we're going to do this. And you've got Yukiko, who's all very, you know, chill and, you know, reserved. She doesn't like, you know, say much or really put herself out there. But it turns out that the personas for both Chie and Yukiko have elements assigned to them that are opposite of their personality types because it's true to their inner nature. Chie can be a cold and cruel person with her jealousy which is reflects in the fact she has an ice persona. And Yukiko, when she gets fired up about actually wanting to leave the town and such, can be very passionate. I really like that. And not to mention that both of their personas are weak to the you know opposite element, ice and fire, which ties into their relationship. They're weak to each other. Yeah. They're, they're in each other's blind spots. I really like that small touch of, it, again, enhancing the, the relationship through gameplay. It's Chie who also gets the shit kicks out of her in the factual fight against Shadow Yuko because Chie is weak to fire. It makes sense. And as a brief aside, when, you know, you fight Shadow Kanji, guess who's weak to thunder, which is Kanji's element? That's a be your scary. The homophobe, because he's scared of being attacked by a gay man. 
entirely rational fear. Yeah. Am I right? You're right. No, you're not. Um, no. But that's the point. Like, it, there's gameplay tidbits, little nuggets that I really like as ways of, you know, enhancing the narrative and the relationships and just reinforcing them. So good shit for putting those small bits in. Didn't have to do that. Yukiko could have been a win persona and it wouldn't have made a blind bit of difference gameplay-wise, apart from having to reassign it elsewhere for Yosuke to be fire or whatever. But they thought about it. They put thought into the little details that help texture the characters and their relationships, which is fucking great. I want to run away. I want someone to save me. You're right. Those feelings are part of me, too. I understand now. You're me. Somebody cry.